Happy New Year, and welcome to a world where insights meet innovation. I'm Brent Peterson, inviting you to join us on this enlightening journey. In today's episode, we dive into the enchanting intersection of magic and marketing with Erwin Howe, founder of Chromatics. Erwin unravels how magic influences sales and marketing, emphasizing the significance of nurturing and educating customers. He introduces Conversion Cow, a breakthrough tool for enhancing website conversions. Get ready for a session brimming with actionable insights and groundbreaking strategies tailor-made for both marketing newcomers and veterans. Let's get started. Are you lost in the content creation chaos, struggling under the burden of high costs and complications? Does the thought of regular content posting make you break out in hives? We feel your pain, but don't despair. Your content hero has arrived. Introducing Content Basis, delivering unparalleled content creation and scheduling solutions crafted specifically for your audience and needs. Harnessing the power of AI, we efficiently deliver on-point content every time. Our US-based team meticulously reviews each piece, ensuring authenticity and precision. We value your unique voice and insights. You direct the final shape while we handle ideation to execution. With auto-scheduling, your content always finds its audience. And with bi-weekly check-ins, our strategies sync with your vision. At Content Basis, we're your dedicated ally in the content battlefield. From ideation to posting, we've got your content journey covered. Visit contentbasis.io and say goodbye to content chaos today. That's contentbasis.io. You're listening to Talk Commerce. Subscribe and download at talk-commerce.com. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Erwin Howe. He is the founder of Chromatics. Erwin, and a lot of other things, by the way, and he's a magician, and I'm super excited to talk about that. Erwin, why don't you go ahead, do an introduction for yourself, much better than I did. Tell us your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life. Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, my, my name's Erwin. Erwin is in Steve Erwin. Uh, I'm not the crocodile hunter and stuff like that, but uh, I'm definitely what we call the website whisperer. Uh, I uh, run a business called Chromatics. It's been my flagship business for the last 14 years, uh, helping people make websites uh, that make their phone ring is our simple way of putting it. Uh, and um, yeah, that, that's a nice basic start. Hmm. All right, and, and passions, you had talked a little bit about magic, and, and we are yes. on video right now, so some people are listening, and some, someday we might have a video version of this, but uh, tell us one of your passions in life. Yeah, no, for sure. So one of the biggest passions that I've had, um, uh, and I'm being 42 right now, uh, or 23 years ago, I remember a good friend of mine said, hey, Erwin, have a look here, turn, turn here, and I, I kind of looked around. And he pulled this card out of nowhere. I mean, I can't do it right now. Uh, but he pulled a card out. I pulled a pen out just then. But he pulled this card out and, and it just mesmerized me. I just didn't know where that card came from. And he kept on pulling cards out of thin air. And then he got me hooked. And so my big love 
has been in illusions, card tricks, you know, sort of thing, uh, and magic and stuff. And so, so yeah. So maybe it. the Las Vegas Strip is in your future someday. Uh, You'll get I've your definitely own. been there, but uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going back there for, uh, for that <laughs> reason. But uh, let's see what happens and if I can see Penn and Teller when I'm down there as well. There so, you go. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to go see Penn. I think they're at the Rio. Um, unfortunately, ah. I get to Las Vegas for business, not for pleasure, but anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, good. All right, so Erwin, you had agreed to at least listen to one of my jokes, and all you have mm. to do is say, should this joke remain free on the internet? And this is a new one. You're going to see it's fairly new. Or do you think someday we can charge for it? So, and this one you can get charged up over because it, you know, it, it could be spacey. <laughs> who knows? But here we go. Anyone who ever worked at Twitter is now either an ex-employee or an ex-employee. <laughs> so should this joke remain free or should we charge for it someday? Yeah, or should it get the check mark? <laughs> yeah. Well, X right there. So yeah. that's All it. Right. So that was just a play on words for those who don't get my jokes. More, normally, I do have to explain them. Anyways, ex-employee, because a lot of people got let go, or X, because they changed their name to X. And it is right now in August of 2023. So who knows mm. what Twitter's going to be called next month. In the ever-evolving retail landscape, one platform is changing the game, ushering in a retail renaissance that puts relationships at the forefront. Welcome to Endear. Endear is a CRM built for omni-channel brands, empowering them with the consumer data to deliver a personalized, efficient customer experience that drives sales and retention. Imagine a tool that intuitively understands your customers' needs, giving your brand a remarkable edge. Don't believe us? Geronimo from Rebag says, I've used every CRM from Salesforce down, and Endear is the best one I've found for us. With Endear, your team isn't just selling products and crafting stories that resonate, nurturing connections that last. It's not just a CRM. It's a tool that empowers your sales associates to make personalized connections, bridging brands and customers like never before. Ready to redefine retail clienteling with a platform trusted by hundreds of omni-channel brands around the globe? Request your Endear demo today and enter a future of enriched connections and unparalleled customer loyalty. Yeah, anyway, let's talk about something more interesting. I, I, I love to talk about sales, so sales conversions. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into doing what you're doing. Uh, and, uh, and, and tell us a little bit about, you know, conversion cow. Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh, before we jump into conversion cow, uh, we talked about magic just then. And I made a really interesting observation back in the day. Um, it was actually one magic trick that actually helped me to create a seven-figure business. Um, and where, what I realized is magic and marketing are no different. Uh, I remember magic was more about getting someone's attention uh, and making someone take action um, for entertainment purposes. Uh, I know you call it action because, uh, or sorry, um, in the right direction, we'll call it. And I know you call it that because you call, we call it magic misdirection. It's actually the right, right direction for me. It's just not the right direction for you uh, on where to look, which card to pick, and so forth. And so I took advantage of understanding human psychology in magic and human psychology in marketing 
And I was able just to blend the two together. And that's the thing with sales and stuff like that. It's not about, uh, and yes, you can be the sleazy salesman with the, you know, the gift of the gab and those kind of things, but it's just dirty. It's not kind. Um, sales should actually be, uh, and the way I explained it to one of my mentees, um, I said to, she said, I'm horrible at sales, Erwin. Absolutely horrible at it. And I said, why? She goes, I, I, and in some ways she was saying, I can't be sleazy, you know, sort of thing. I said, that's not the point. Sales is about helping people. That's all it is. And if you have a heart to help, then you'll be, a, you'll be amazing at what you do. And that's it. It's as simple as that. And so, um, yeah, I, I took the idea of magic and understanding techniques of knowing how to present things in a way that was nice and clear um, to then demonstrating and giving a solution sort of thing, just pack, packaging up in that way. So that's really the sales side. And I guess when it comes to conversion, Cal, it's really interesting. I, I look at uh, being a web agency and knowing how to make websites. I realized everyone seems to fail at their websites. And there's four areas. I'm going to make it really simple. A website should really articulate four things. Who are you? What do you do? Why should I choose you? Or prove what you just said was true. And let me get in touch with you. It's really simple. I don't think I've told you anything, Brent, that's been mind-changing. I've blown your mind. It's pretty obvious. It's the same as if we met for the first time. Say we bumped into each other, um, you know, at a networking meeting, at a bar, or just as friends. I would have said, oh, hi, my name's Erwin. Who are you? Uh, what do you do? Uh, tell me more about what you do. Like, prove what you say is true. And hey, hey, let's keep in touch. Here's my business card. Or, you know, if you're going on a date, hey, can I go on a second date sort of thing, right? Can I have your number? But people fail to do those four things. So Conversion Cow that you mentioned before is another company that helps to articulate these four things so clearly on a website. So it's like, and so Conversion Cow is a tool that you install on any website built by anyone that summarizes your best sales pitch and call to actions all in one spot. And it features that message on every page of your website. And not only that, the real magic behind it is I can change that message on your website depending on how you interact with the site. So if you go to a specific page, it will change that sales message. Because what I learned, Brent, is the right message at the right time to the right person equals a better conversion rate. Therefore, you get to milk your website for, for more leads and beef it up sort of thing. Hence the word conversion cow. So, yeah, that's it. That's awesome. So I, I, um, before we jump into conversion cow, I want to go back to sales. And I want to mm -hmm. pick on a certain industry because it seems like you, you had mentioned see, sleazy salesperson. And uh, I'm going to pick on an industry. It's the car industry. Mm. Uh, and it seems like the salespeople sometimes are sleazy. But in my experience, it, the, a lot of salespeople just don't do the follow-up. Like they don't, there's all kinds of little pieces to being a good salesperson mm -hmm. that you don't even have to be sleazy. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that if you want something or you believe in something that you're going to mm -hmm. just, you're going to educate somebody into want, for them wanting to buy it. And I think the best salespeople are the ones that say, you know, you don't have to buy this today and it's you're going to love it you're whatever however they sell it right the other industry that i'm going to pick on is the timeshare industry 
mm-hmm. where they give sit you down in a ninety minute meeting and they well, say you're yes. going to have to get this and you can't use your phone to Google all the facts they're giving you and <laughs> blah blah blah. But tell us a little bit about some of those aspects that make a salesperson sleazy or yeah. Let's start with the sleazy part. Yeah. What what is well, it that that sets somebody aside out apart from your normal sort of salesperson? Yeah. Well. Let's use three words that you've mentioned, and it's really the opposite. So let's talk about what sales is, because the opposite of these words is what sleazy is. You said three words. Care, help, educate. So to me, if I'm doing proper sales, number one, I should really care about you more than me. Number two, my job is to help you to understand, which kind of combines the help and educate, to understand the benefits of what I do. And if it's not the right fit, I'm not the right fit then for you, Brent. And the best, and the fourth word I'm going to put in is the word refer. I will then tell you what the right answer should be. Sleazy sales is the opposite to all that. I don't care about you. I care more about me. I'm not here to help you. I'm here to force information into you and I don't care about your situation. I'm not here to educate you. I don't want you to get better. I just want to push my information agenda on you in a way that isn't even customized to you. And if I'm not the right fit, I will make you the right fit, even if it's not, nor am I going to give any other advice outside of myself. So it's a very a, like self-centric approach as opposed to an other person approach to it. So when doing sales, I think you should be honest enough to say, I'm actually really bad at this. I don't do this. And if this is what you're looking for, I can't help you with this. But if this is what you're looking for instead, or that in this case, uh, if that is what you're looking for, which is what I do, then I'd love to help you. And if I cannot, can I at least give you some tips? So. And, and this is the line I love using. And I learned it from one of my best friends. He said, I want to leave you better than when I first met you. And that to me sums up what true sales is. I want to leave you better than when I first met you. I want you to be. And it's actually a funny principle that I, uh, I again, I teach a couple of my mentees this. I call it the 20 cent rule. Um, we do deal with uh, cents here and we've got a 20 cent coin here in Australia. And, and what I don't call this because I just so happened that day to have a 20 cent coin in my hand. And I said, and we talk about these win-win situations, yeah? And I said to um, this, this gentleman, I said to him, I want to leave you 20 cents better. I know you've given me nothing, so I want to make sure I give you 20 cents. If you're going to give me 20 bucks, I'm going to make sure I give you 20 bucks and 20 cents. I always want to leave you one better and you should always be winning more than I do. And if you choose to want to help me, that's another story. But I want to make you first above myself. To me, if you do sales like that, not only will you have more fun, it actually ends up being a better world. Um, so, yeah, that's it. And that's great. I mean, I want, I want to go back to refer because I think the, the, the part where you're helping people uh, – a lot of new businesses get trapped into wanting to do everything and are also afraid to turn away business, right? So referring business, and, and I was in the agency space for a long time as well, 
And I, I understood how important a partner network was and how it, important it was to be able to refer somebody to somebody else. The opposite of that is, hey, I'd like, a, I, I'd like to do everything for the customer, even if I'm not good at something, right? So in, in, that, in the second case where you, where you are just projecting something on somebody else because you want all the business, you're going to give them maybe something good, right? But you're also going to give them something substandard. And the risk there is that substandard thing could be 5 or 10% of your business, but it makes the client leave you. Yeah. Talk a little uh, bit about how that how referrals and partners and how really focusing on what you're good yeah. at helps you to be a better salesperson. I used to be that guy, Brent, that I'd say when we first started, I'll do everything for you. We want to be a full service agency. And it's not because it came from a bad place. It was actually a really good heart because we felt that we could actually help people and we want to be as helpful as possible. If you're in pain, I'm not going to go, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm, I want to help. But then I realized two things, and you kind of touched on it. Number one, I wasn't the best at category B, C, D. I might be being fantastic at A, but I couldn't do B, C that well. Number two, the client got something good but not great. And funny enough, just behind the scenes, Brent, I realized I didn't actually make money out of it. It was it turned from profitable to not as profitable. And if I kept on going, it would be like, wait a minute, I'm chewing up my own resources, doing something I don't like or I'm not fantastic in, in giving a substandard product, and I'm not making much money out of it. That makes no sense, you know, sort of thing. And so the penny dropped for us when we realized, you know what, as a a personal thing, an ethical thing, a moral thing, and just a helpful thing, that we realized, you know what, if we just focus on what we're stupidly good at, I think people would love that. And then I'd realize, you know what? B and C, those other things that I didn't do, wait a minute, there's people who actually do it like amazingly and they only do that. So if we band together, if we partnered together, wouldn't we be a force to be reckoned with? Like you've got one specialist in category A, you've now got a specialist in category B, specialist in category C, Mate, we would actually give an amazing service. And so I get this comment all the time when I say this. Clients go, well, I'm looking for a one-stop shop because, you know, I don't want to deal with three, four different people and stuff. <laughs> I think what they're trying to say is they don't want to deal with two, three different people who don't know each other and don't know how to work together. That's when it ends up being finger pointing, going, Oh, it's not me, it's uh, person B. And B's like, No, it's not me, it's person C. And C's not, it's person A. No, no, no. We'll sort out the mess together because our heart is to serve you. So you tell us what your problem is. We'll band together. We'll work it out. Thank you so much. And so you can see that word help, care, educate, and having great partners. Um, to suggest, and let's be honest, sometimes when we refer, now I got off, actually, in fact, Brent, I got off a call yesterday. I wasn't able to refer a partner because he wasn't actually looking for a partner. He just needed a strategy. The truth is no one would open their mouths for him unless they paid. And so I said to him, well, I'm not going to lie. It sounds like you're in your early stage of your business. I remember what that feels like. And I, 
I didn't, I couldn't afford, you know, $5,000, $10,000 strategies. And sit, you know what? Just between you and I on this phone call, do you mind if I just tell you my opinion of what I would do if I was you? Don't take it as gospel. It's just my little opinion. But do you mind if I just lay it down on you? I gave him the whole strategy. I just said, if I was you, I'd do A, B, C. I'd go to do this with A. I'd look up this website for B. And I'd look up this resource for C. And I'd use ChatGPT for D, you know, sort of thing. And I'd get ChatGPT to write it out, blah. He was blown away because he was expecting more like a, sorry, too big for me. Hang up on the phone. We're done. I felt fantastic after it. It didn't cost me too much. It was just a little bit of time and stuff like that. For him, it was the world. And he said, this was the most different phone call I've ever received. I was expecting someone just to say, no, sorry, or whatever. I said, just take it. He goes, what do I owe you? I go, you can leave me a review if you like, or you can send me a pro. I don't know, but you don't owe me anything. It's just, just take it, have some fun with it. And I think that's the attitude we should have. That's it. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, we, we, we're talking about sales and then we're talking about, about marketing and marketing is really just up higher in the funnel, right? And mm. we talked about the, the care part and who the focus is on. And I've, I've heard it said over and over that your website should be about your customer, not about you. So starting in your marketing funnel, starting at the top of the funnel, it should always be about the customer. And I, I've, I've just made a new website and it was very difficult to make that transition mentally and then go back and reassess every single sentence you've written to make sure it's not about you, right? Talk, yeah. talk a little bit about how you can almost force yourself to stop thinking about yourself because the solution is not you. The solution is the, cu the happy customer, mm -hmm. right? I, having done a lot of website whispering, and I've analyzed 60,000-plus websites since 2009. I did a calculation on that as well. Can I just take what you just mentioned and I, I'm just going to, like a poker game, I'm going to call it and raise it a little bit because everyone does say, you know, it's not about you, it's about the customer. Yes and no, but I'm going to say it's actually two thirds about the customer and one third about you because it has to still have a little bit of you in there because people want to know about you. It's just that they want to know about the solution that they're going to receive first and then you talk about you because you still need to show credibility. The focus and the mindset when going through your website should really be what is the result and benefit that the customer is going to receive through my service and product. That should actually be the only question you need to answer that ultimately helps the customer. So if you can articulate what is the result and the benefit that the customer is going to get, then hey, you've, you've done the right thing. And then you throw in what you do because everyone's going to go, thank you for the result and benefit. But what is it that, how can you achieve that? Well, it so happens that, well, at Chromatics, at ConversionCal, we make websites or we help you get more leads because we're a tool that you install. You still need to talk about yourself. But again, two-thirds them, one-third you. 20 cents more for them, but you still get a little something as well, right? And it's combined, It's knowing how to combine those two and putting it in the right order. You don't want to put the cart before the horse. The horse is the customer. The cart is you, and you need both. That's great. Talk a little bit about the education portion of it. How much should people, especially in the marketing at the top of the funnel, 
rely on educating the client about whatever they're looking for before they even get to a salesperson. Hmm. Education is really important because we all start from a different base. We don't all have the same information. And let's be honest, some of the information is really poor. Some of the, there could be things that I heard at a barbecue, and I'm going to now take that as gospel. Or I heard it at some, some webinar or some seminar. But you know what? Let's be honest. The seminar is really selling. They, weren't, they were pretending to educate, but they are really just pitching their product. And so it's always good to give information that helps to distill things create easy frameworks for people to understand. A safe example with marketing. Um, marketing is the one-to-many, you know, as you mentioned. If you really want to break it to its most simplest core, and I know this is a very generalized statement, you could actually break it down to three things. Inbound, outbound, referral partners. That's just all marketing in general, you know, sort of thing. Um, and like you mentioned, there's top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. Very simple. Um, but a lot of people don't understand what that means. They just see it as, oh, let's just do that strategy because my competitor does it, or Bob told me at the barbecue, so let's just do that. Or, oh, you know, you seem to do that and it seems to work. Let me apply it to mine. I, I think it's really important to give people frameworks to guide them and to know the why and the how to pull things off. And so, yeah, creating content is really important for websites, when, for content strategies, uh, for your SEO, that sort of thing. But it's also a great way to help your customer to have a clear path. But that's your job is to create, is be that guide to guide people there. And if it so happens that your product is the solution, fantastic. If it's not, that's okay. As long as you've given them the roadmap, they'll know where to go. So, yeah. You mentioned uh, website, website whisperer. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that came about and, and what is it that you do to whisper to websites? And are we talking too loud right now? Yeah. <laughs> website whispering and the name came because a lot of the times I would actually look at a website and with seconds I could tell someone why it wasn't converting as well or what was wrong with it. And uh, I ended up setting up a challenge for myself. If I could not tell you what was wrong with your website in three minutes, I owe you a free lunch. And so that, that was the, the challenge and stuff like that. Um, and so I guess I just got really good at looking at websites so quickly because I didn't want to give away free lunch. It's not that I'm not generous. It's just that, that I want to live up to that name. Um, and once in a while, maybe take someone out if they actually found something really good. I actually look forward to actually take someone out to lunch because therefore, because um, it's rare to find a website that is effective because it, cause there's always, it, it's kind of like... Um, uh, Brent, if I said, I'm a perfect person, there's no such thing as a perfect person. You know, there's no such thing as a normal person, actually, I was saying, and someone else as well. There's always going to be flaws, and I've got plenty of them. In the same way, a website is never perfect, it's an evolving beast that can always improve and change. And in many ways, and I'll give you a couple of examples could be in content, in the messaging, could be in the layout, it could be in the structuring could be actually in the design aesthetics. It could be in the style. It could be um, uh, how it actually looks on different devices. There's so many different ways. It could actually be in the imagery, the videography, and how it's shot, and then the messaging in that as well. It could also just be in the load speed, how quick the user experience is. It's all these little things. It could even be bad hosting um, that chugs the website and makes it really slow. So it's all these little things that we just want to help people. Again, 
website whispering is really a disguise for the word helping. Can I just help you with your website and just tell you in less than three minutes why, why it's not great? It's as simple as that. So, yeah. And do you use the word why it's not great or what could be better? I mean, there's always um, room for improvement is my nice way of saying it. But there's a line that I would have in my head. I actually learned this in the magic world um, because uh, it, was a, it was part of someone's patter as they were doing magic tricks. And they were saying, I, we love making complex simple and simple beautiful. And I think that's, that's really the heart behind uh, better um, is can we take something that's really complex and make it simple and let's make that simple really beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm always reminded of, of the world's worst websites, and some people actually really try to make their website bad. And, I, it's, I, you know, before, Net, I think it was Netscape had Blink, there was some specific HTML tags, and people would just overuse it, especially back in the 90s. Um, is there a fine line between the world's worst website that actually gets traffic and... and beautiful websites that convert. And then I, I would also say that, uh, you know, when I was in the agency space, we did work for very big companies that had beautiful websites, but they converted poorly and they were super slow. So th there's always this trade-off, right, between speed and beauty and functionality. Yeah. See, if you rely on creativity, creativity is subjective, so, Brent, I'm, I, I could think that the pen I'm holding right now is the most beautiful pen in the world. And you might go, it's, it's the most basic, rubbish uh, you know, kind of pen that I've ever seen. It's subjective. And if we're going to rely on something that's, and debate on something that is subjective, it's going to be really hard to please everyone. But if we rely on human psychology, helping people, all you have to ask is, you know, was it useful? Is it helpful? Is it, you know, it, that's all we have to rely on stuff like that. Um, so the focus has to be different when looking at these sites and stuff like that. So there's no such thing as a bad website. There's no morality when it comes to, to websites and stuff. The question is, is it effective in achieving its purpose? And so say, for example, if Google, Samsung can afford to make beautiful, crazy websites, but you know what? The purpose was brand awareness, not let's make $4,000 million from this website and stuff. If that was their purpose and brand awareness and they've got the money for it, power to them because they don't need to care about SEO and ranking. They've already got the name. They've got the size. But for me and little old me with my little business who doesn't have a bigger name as they do and I definitely don't have their budgets, I can't just rely on sexy photos of my products. I've got to try a little bit harder. And so I've got to go from... from that kind of pretty to something a bit more practical, a bit more basic. And so it's just knowing where you are, what your uh, purpose is, and also what your budget is realistically, Brent. You know, I, I want a uh, Lamborghini kind of website, but I don't have the money for that. So it's just knowing where and making, yeah, giving uh, the best uh, based on what you have. Yeah, and the ironic part of that is that the Lamborghini isn't even the fastest car in the world. No, you know? it's not. Tesla Model S with Plaid is much more affordable when you're talking about zero to zero to 100k in in per uh, per thousand, right? <laughs> true, very true. So purpose, focus on purpose, not creativity. So, yeah. um, 
so we, we have a few minutes left. If you had some practical advice for people now going into the end of uh, this last couple of quarters of this year of 2023, what, what do you think people should focus on? Do you think people are over-focusing on certain areas? or get, Tell us what your outlook is. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm going to still tailor this back to, to websites, if you don't mind, and, and just helping businesses. Go back to basics. I think there's a, there's, I was, I was having a debate with a friend of mine, and we were both saying that we sometimes need to go back to the basics. I think we overcome, not, again, complex, simple, simple, beautiful. I think we overcomplexify certain things. And so my challenge for all the listeners today is look at your website and just answer those first four questions. And does your website answer those first four questions that I pitched at the very beginning? Not because Conversion Cow can do all that for you and makes it simple for you. I think everyone has the right to be able to update their existing website to go, who are is your website clear enough in articulating who you are, what you do, have proof to showcase what you do is amazing, that's social proof, and then is it easy for me to get in touch with you? Can I find your contact details? Is your phone number email really prominent um, and easy to find? Those four things, if you can achieve that, I think it was worth listening to this podcast then. It's those key basics that I think will make a huge difference. And let's remember, your website is your best salesperson. It's not you. You're just the closer. The website does the pulling in. And as long as we know how to get traffic to the website, that's your SEO, your AdWords, you know, your socials, all that kind of stuff, and your website converts, that's how you're going to get more customers. So that's, my, I think, my focus for this period. Yeah, I, I've, one of my friends has always said this uh, for a website, uh, and I'll add the fifth element. The, he, he would always say, who, what, why, and wow. So you give him something that is unique in your own brand. And, of course, contact is hopefully everybody has a contact, right? That, that should be the most obvious, but I, I will say that it's often also the most overlooked. I can't tell you how many times mm-hmm. I've had to dig in just to find an email address let alone a form, 100%. but an email address that you're trying to get a hold of them, or if, if you're lucky to get a phone number. Um, well, well, as I say, yeah. common sense isn't so common. And uh, what is I deem as really obvious, it's kind of, think about it actually in the real world. Imagine you went on a date with someone, you were able to wow them, you were able to share who you are, what you do, you tell them more about you, and at the end of the night, you just walked off. You didn't ask for a second date. You forgot to leave your number. Like, what do you, you just did all that for what? And it's exactly the same as leaving a phone number or email off a website. You're doing exactly the same thing. You're introducing yourself. You're looking amazing. You're wowing them. You're capturing their attention. Bye. That's it. For what? And so yeah, it's really odd. And so you can't skip a step. You don't want to change the order either. If you, have you seen those websites, Brent, when you first come to it? Sign up now. Give me your details. There you go. And I'm like, who, sorry, who are you? What do you do? I don't, I don't know. Like, this is awkward. It's like going on that date. Hey, marry me. I'm like, what? I don't even know your name. You know, so we just met. So having the right order and fulfilling all the steps is exactly what's right. So, hmm. And I'll, I'll throw out, a, uh, there's this viral website that's been going around. It's called Magna Butram. 
M-A-G-D-A-B-U-T-R-Y-M. It's a fantastic experience on mobile and desktop, um, and it does wow you when you go on. I actually, it, I, I haven't tried to buy it. Check it out later. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, uh, Erwin, as I, as I close out the podcast, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug. Uh, what would you like to plug today? No, fantastic. Well, well, thank you so much for everyone who's tuned in. Uh, my name is Erwin Howe, so feel free to connect with me uh, personally if you like on LinkedIn. Uh, just search uh, Erwin, I-R-W-I-N, and Howe, H-A-U. Uh, there's not many Erwin Howes out there, so I don't think it'll be too hard. So Erwin Howe on LinkedIn. And if you want to check out my two companies, uh, Chromatics um, is my main web design conversion agency. Uh, so C H R O M A T I X dot com dot AU. And the SaaS company that we also run is called Conversion Cow, which helps you to summarize your sales message and put those call to actions on your page. So that's Conversion, C O N V E R S I O N, Cow, as in uh, Moo Cow or beef up your website. So it's cow.com. So that's it. That's awesome. And I'll make sure I put all those uh, links in the show notes. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Erwin, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for getting up so early to do this recording. Absolute pleasure, Fred. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Talk Commerce is a production of Content Basis, LLC. For more creative content, go to contentbasis.io. 